This is Catalog and Cocktails. Presented by Data.World. Hi, everybody. I'm Juan Cicado, Principal Scientist of Data.World. And this is a special episode of Catalog and Cocktails. It's just me today because I'm going to give a trip report of my, my visit last week at the MIT CDO IQ conference. It was a fantastic conference and I applaud the organizers. It was such a great event and I'm highly, highly recommend it. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, so short episode, but hey, I still have a drink. Well, I have beer today. It's a Mexican empire. It's actually, it's a Vienna style lager, pretty tasty. So this was last week. Main takeaways I had were three. Number one, the discussions were all centered about the social aspects. Uh, they were all about making sure that the CDO is providing direct bid business value. Number one. S number two, not surprisingly, data mesh was a hot topic with, uh, with a lot of presentations showcasing real journeys and really demystifying. And even though there was a, the, mainly the audience was skeptical, but they, were, they had a very healthy skepticism because they were eager to learn. And third, actually, I was happily surprised that there was very little to no discussion on technology in general. Like nobody was talking about these particular tools we need to go have or these pipelines or stuff like that. That was not a discussion that we were hearing. And there was no old school top down governance, protection, risk and stuff. So let me go dive deeper into those two main things that we did discuss, right? A lot of the social aspects and let's talk about data mesh. So. On that first day, we had this keynote. Uh, it was uh, with folks from the from the federal government. We had, I think, uh, Matt Gravis, who was the CDO of the Department of State, and David Spirik, who was a former CDO of the Department of Defense. And they, one of the things I really like is that they highlighted the need to be very curious, and it's all about the cultural change. It's not just about reporting numbers, but let's actually give a story about things. They are talked about what are their worries leadership turnover, because every time there's leadership turnover, they need to re-explain things again. And also the knowledge transfer, because, hey, people leave an organization and this is a very troubling, people waste a lot of time with that stuff. Um, this is a very interesting takeaway. When data people are invited to non-tech meetings, this is a sign of value and it's a path to success. And it connects to one of the uh, episodes we had before um, with Peter Kapoor that we were talking about the same thing is like get invited, be the be invited to the table. Don't be forced to be there. That's a big thing. Matthew Gravis said something great, which is get the data talent to where the policy is being made. I think this applies everywhere. Get the data talent to where the decisions, business decisions are being made. That's an important thing. And David Spirik, who's thinking about the future of what is the next CDO, he says, you better, you need to build your replacement. Make sure that they're better than you. Uh, another highlight of the conference was the CDO panel, right? We had uh, AJ Segal, who's the CDAO from the Mayo Clinic, Grace Lee, who's the CDAO of Scotiabank, Craig Barrick, who's the CDAO of Best Buy, and Dwayne Griffin, who is the CDO of State Farm. Uh, this was highlighted by, this was moderated by Randy Bean. And the highlight here was, everybody was talking about the responsibilities of the CDO. Talk about free flow of information, focusing on customer experience, and you do not need to centralize data analytics and governments. You rather need to go push the source and enable the business, show what is possible and be a quote, evangelics. I really like that, right? You're, being, you're evangelizing the analytics altogether. 
And how are we showing value? Well, too often we focus, focus on the future state, right? We focus on, well, we should be focusing on what can be done today. Treating data as a product was a theme throughout the entire conference and really highlighted in this panel. Have a prioritized list of business questions. Cherry pick on the fastest one to provide value. And if it's, and it's okay if it isn't perfect, start small and actually be humble about it. I really like that. Be humble. I think we've had this other conversation before in the podcast about also we need to be, have empathy. It doesn't need to be the most sophisticated use case. And what's also important is to meet the business where they're at. And then together you can pick that stuff together. So why is it so hard for CDOs to be successful? There's a clear, there's a lack of clear expectations. What is the value that is being provided? This is a discussion that is not having, that is not being had and needs to be have more. We need to make sure that these expectations are clear. And I think part of it also is that the CDOs have taken the work away from kind of the CIO or the IT, and they may see this as a threat. So it's really kind of the goal of the CDO here is to build very strong relationships. And look, culture is not motivated to change. So some organizations, that's why they don't have CDOs because, hey, data is everyone's job. That's an interesting kind of contrast of how, what, what is the culture within your organization? And I remember somebody highlighting on the panel, this is really hard work because there, there is no clear expectation, but at the same time, the expectation is to do so much. So, I mean, we got to kind of realize that it's a really hard, a lot of work that needs clarity. And what's another, another way for data CDOs and their teams to be successful is that the, CD, the data teams, they need to know the business. So Craig, who is the CDO at Best Buy, I think he was on day five last week of his job, before was the CDO at McDonald's. And he was saying everybody on the data team, they flipped burgers. At the Mayo Clinic, everybody on the data team is tied to a physician. This is, this is super, super important to be able to really connect what the data folks are doing with, with how the business is working. Now, one of the topics is that, we, that, that was in this panel was, hey, this tenure of a CDO is only two years. How do you, have, how do you extend this tenure of the CDO? One, have clear expectations with business partners. Have a long-term strategy that you can evangelize with short-term value that you can provide. And third, simply just stay. I mean, you need to, if you love the mission of the organization, just stay because you want to be provide that impact. You want to go stay, see that impact. And, and that was a very powerful, very simple, very powerful comment right there. Just stay. So what are the, what are the deliverables that the CDOs are having is infrastructure. Yeah. Move to the cloud. Uh, you want to measure that. What do you have in there? That's why you want a data catalog. Define and improve the life cycle of the data from requests to usage improve the effectiveness of stewardships, a transition from AI to practice, right? We're now, we wanna really deliver that. And it's important to measure adoption, not just the deployment. Um, and some final advice that we got from the CDO panel was create effective relationships, identify the right problems, drive expectations that will deliver success, be realistic. You can't say yes to everything. I think this is always the eternal problem. How to learn how to say no. Understand and prioritize value. And it's important to be patient because this is a massive cultural change. The, the, this panel was a highlight. And I really recommend uh, following all the panelists. Now, 
It's, uh, so more things that we saw, uh, there was a presentation by Diane Schmidt from LSEG, uh, the London Stock Exchange about how to build, build data-driven culture. Please, great to go follow Diane, her colleague, uh, Terrence Hedden. Um, I also, by pure coincidence, I sat down to, with next to Simone Steele. We were on the bus heading to the conference and we just started talking about just kind of data strategy. And she said, quote, I'm, I love this one. We are never done with data just like we were never done with customer satisfaction. Um, I also gave a talk. I gave a talk about uh, how to be agile in a data west world, and we presented our data products ABC frameworks. Remember, accountability, boundaries, contract and expectations, downstream consumers, and explicit knowledge, and discussing how it's okay to if there's friction, we need to embrace this complexity, and that we need to do this by talking to other people. And honestly, I, this was a conversation, a lot of the hallway conversations about we need to be able to go talk to people that it is okay if things are complex and and and, and let's be let's be comfortable with having those discussions um i i caught part of the talk from juan tejo who's a deloitte cdo and he was bringing this up in his presentation too um one of the other things i always find fascinating talking to 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 data leaders are where they work at companies who have been around for a long time I talked to, uh, to Dwayne Griffith, he's at State Farm, which has been around like for 100 years. I also talked with Asif Saeed and, 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 and Louis Demongo from HSB. They've been around for 100 years, and I like how they're just talking about their entire transformation. Please go find these folks and go listen to what they've talked about. They, they had this whole jet engine value chain, calling it from acquisition, integration, distribution, and analytics. Then one of my best buddies, Mohammed Osser, uh, he's the CDO of Domo, the former CDO of McKinsey. He presented this, uh, he gave a talk about data athletes. And he was arguing that we're only focusing on 3% of the workforce in data and we're neglecting that 97%. So inspired by successful athletes, he made these analogies that we should have data athletes. They're the ones who spend time understanding the business and being curious. Uh, and after he gave that talk, I heard in different conversations, in, in this hallway conversation, also different talks, people mentioning data athletes. So again, just trying to connect data with how the business is working. So that was one of the most important themes at the conference. So the other one, data mesh. So at every data mesh talk, which I went to almost all of them, there was somebody asking the question, what is truly a data product? And it was uh, Mark Overnochi, who is the global CDO of, of EY. And, and, and this is a critical question because if you make the definition too broad, then everything is a data product and it defeats the purpose. And, and it was interesting to have a very simple question. What is a data product? How do you define it? And everybody was giving different answers and there was no clear cut consistent answer for what is a data product. And, and I, I was very lucky. I get to sp I spent a lot of time talking to Marco because I just loved how he was asking, asking this question how, how, and I wanted to get his reaction. It's fine that we're not getting this. I mean, it's, it's, we need to acknowledge that this is something we should, get, we should define clearly and we'll get there as a community. Um, I believe that there is a spectrum of what is a data product, and I believe that our data products ABC frameworks contributes to what that spectrum can, can be, but I think as a community, we're hungry to really kind of figure this out more, what is a data product. Um, and talking about the data products and the, and the data product ABCs, 
we, I presented this, talked to many people. It was very well received. I'm actually surprised that I didn't get feedback about characteristics that were missing. Everybody I spoke to just agreed with everything that was presented. Um, I'm still eager to understand somebody to stand up and say, no, we're really missing this thing or completely disagree. So please reach out if you have any more feedback on that. Um, so another thing that was interesting is that everyone agrees that the individual pillars of data mesh isn't new. We've been doing this for so long. Uh, I heard this constantly. But I think people are realizing that, that formalizing these pillars into a whole, that's where the value of this comes in. Um, I also really enjoy, there was a whole, another panel on data mesh with uh, Mark Clare, uh, Sebastian Klapdor, and Nashiket uh, Mita, who was, all, and also moderated by Adrian Estala. So for example, I believe Sebastian Klapdor at Vista was talking about how they define some value pools. I think they have like 25 teams that developed around 120 data products for five domains. Uh, also heard this notion of, of a single threaded ownership, right? Really need to understand end to end of all of your data chain. And I really like the single threaded ownership. I personally call this an iron thread is really understand the whole process from source to target all the way. Um, in, in, within this data mesh panel, it was acknowledged that forecasting, estimating, and measuring value is really hard and it will be a journey and it will be different across different organizations. And I think that's important to acknowledge that, that it's not just, hey, I, I know how to go measure what a data product is, let's go. This is going to be a journey to go do that. And what's important is to create a domain map of your organization, just like your city map. And I think that should be one of the first things that you should be doing is to understand the different domains and how they're related and connected to each other. Uh, Sebastian Klaptor said something, which was, don't build a minimal viable product. Build an MLP, a minimal lovable product. I thought that was so cool. When you really think about, it, this goes into the empathy understand who those downstream consumers are and make sure that we are providing something that they really love. We, we, a couple conversations around team structures. I mean, I remember somebody was telling me that each team, each one of their data teams consists of a data product manager uh, and, and they'll have a data analyst, a domain expert, a data engineer, and possibly data scientist. Uh, at Wayfair, what they have is what they call an atomic team which consists of a data product manager, an architect, a data engineer, a software engineer, and actually a UX designer. The data analysts and scientists are optionals. And one domain can have multiple atomic teams. And, and finally, what is the career path to become a data product manager? I think this is an open question right now. Uh, so to wrap up, this was this, this was a fantastic uh, conference, uh, kind of some final thoughts. Uh, it was not surprising this was mainly a US audience. There will be an event of this in, the, in, in Europe. It will be in Lausanne, I think, in September. There's an upcoming one, I think, in Brazil next year and also one in Singapore. Um, I think there's a lot to be learned about how the, what is the state of CDOs in different parts of the world. It was also fantastic to meet so many of our fans of, of our podcast. Uh, I met with former guests like Sanjeev Mohan, uh, Mohammed Osser, uh, Chris Berg, and a shout out to a couple of the listeners I met with Robin and Wendy. Thanks for being great listeners. Uh, got the chance to reconnect with a lot of people, meet new friends, and, and also some academics uh, uh, who attended. So all in all, this was a fantastic event. Hopefully this was useful to kind of get your, your quick trip report for me about how this MIT CDO event was. And uh, looking forward to continue uh, hosting more of Catalan Cocktails. We're still on our quick break. 
We'll be back in end of August. Thank you very much.